Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. show with Jim Breslow, the podcast that dives deep into controversial and unresolved issues of our time in order to discover the hidden truth. You can find us at hiddentruthshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Hidden Truth Show. Here's Jim Breslow. Welcome back to the Hidden Truth Show. Today, we've got a very special episode for you. We're dropping it early because it is so timely and important. This week, we learned about what is likely the greatest and most bizarre scandal to ever be revealed about a presidential candidate during an election. It is the Hunter Biden laptop, which we recently learned has been in the hands of the FBI for a year. The New York Post reports, and it has been confirmed through multiple sources, that the laptop contains pictures of underage girls and evidence that Hunter acted inappropriately with a 14-year-old girl. In addition, there are emails which prove that his father, Joe Biden, lied when he said he never talked to his son about his cushy board seat on a huge and controversial Ukrainian oil company's board of directors. Not only did he, in fact, talk to his son about it, an email released by The Post shows an executive at the company thanking Hunter for his meeting with the vice president. There is also lots of evidence of Hunter using his connections to his father to put together shady international financing deals, and there's evidence that his father knew about the dealings and, in fact, may have participated financially in them. This is very shady behavior for someone intending to become the next president of the United States and something Trump would be crucified for if Don Jr. was caught doing something similar. However, this huge scandal has been eclipsed by a greater scandal, the conspiracy among America's elites to pull off perhaps the greatest cover-up in American history. Mainstream and social media have ignored, and in some cases banned, the story, claiming it is Russia misinformation. The New York Post, their Twitter account has been blocked by Twitter until just today for reporting this information, which turns out 100% has been confirmed accurate. These are the types of things that the Chinese government does. Yet here in America, the home of the First Amendment, we have private companies doing it. Daniel Greenfield is our guest and an expert on the subject. He is a fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center and an outstanding journalist for Front Page magazine. He wrote an extensive article on the subject for Front Page titled Hunter Biden's Magical Moscow Laptop. Before we get to the interview, I want to thank everybody who has become a truther for just $5 a month, supporting the show, keeping it commercial-free, supporting independent media. We really appreciate everybody who has become a member. You get special email access to me, special episodes, and a Hidden Truth baseball cap. If you want to join, just click on the link to Patreon 
and uh, follow the prompts to Hidden Truth Show and support us for just $5 a month. Also, if you want to see this interview, go to our YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us. Okay, uh, before we get to the interview, just to let you know real quick that his voice does drop out a, a few times for a couple of seconds. It comes right back. It was a technical glitch uh, that we weren't able to correct. So just bear with us through uh, the few times where his voice drops out. You don't really miss anything, but just want to let you know that we are aware of that. Okay, here's our interview with Daniel Greenfield. I'd just like to kind of start from the beginning and have you share with people the origins of this laptop scandal, which starts with Hunter Biden apparently taking his laptop for a simple repair on April 12th of 2019 to a local repair shop in Delaware, as absurd as that sounds. But that's the beginning, right? Yep, that is. And um, do we know anything about this repair shop or the owner of the repair shop? So the owner of the repair shop has obviously, uh, he's been in the media spotlight, he's come forward. The media has made much of the fact that he's a conservative, that he's a supporter of President Trump. And so they've tried to claim that this is some sort of setup. They've tried to claim that this is Russian disinformation. None of that makes any particular sense because the crucial thing here is that the owner actually, uh, through an intermediary, turned over the laptop to the FBI um, last year. So if yeah, so I want to I want to kind of walk through it step by step uh, because it it is such a bizarre story and such an amazing story and the other element of the story is the fact that nobody's covering the story right I mean it's just uh, incredible I mean this would be a a ratings grabber you would think you would think that um, media channels would be all over this thing and and yet of course they're not Um, but so so he drops it off. And then much had been noted about the fact that it was left for 45 days. So that would put us into late May of last year. Uh, and then I've got in my notes here that the owner called the FBI in September. So um, what is it about him leaving it for 45 days? What happened after 45 days? Because I don't have him calling the FBI until September. So just backtrack a little bit. We don't know for sure that Hunter Biden dropped it off, but the laptop had the Bo Biden Foundation sticker. Now, Bo Biden is Hunter Biden's brother. He's deceased. Um, Joe Biden has pretty much been running on that. I have a dead son thing. Now, Hunter Biden, uh, Foundation, while at the same time having a romance with um, his brother's widow, which is a tad creepy. And this is actually going to come into play with the newest revelation coming from Giuliani. But anyway, so this laptop has a... um, Bo Biden a foundation sticker on it. Uh, the owner is partially blind, so he's not able to confirm entirely um, who dropped it off. But at some point, uh, you know, it's, it is a laptop repair shop. You're dropping off something. You're doing. You're expected to be paid for it. And sorry, wasn't there's a Hunter Biden signature on on something? What what is that? So there does seem to be a Hunter Biden signature on it. But the owner said that he can't confirm who actually dropped it off. Okay, but 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 someone signed the name Hunter yes. Biden on the the receipt. Uh, yes, I mean there is paperwork. There's a paper trail there. Okay, so then uh, what is it about this forty five? What happened after forty five days? So uh, if you don't pick it up, uh, you, the owner did a certain amount of work on it. Um, if you don't pick it up, you don't actually pay your bill. Uh, repair shop. I mean that's pretty standard. You bring in your car, you never pick it up. You never pay your bill. At some point, the um, shop is just going to uh, take possession of it and sell it. Have you have you seen? Has there been an extensive on camera interview with the owner? 
Uh, there have been a number of interviews, mostly locally. Uh, they've kind of tried to barrage him with questions. Uh, and again, I mean, this guy is a repair shop owner. He's, a, he's running a small hole-in-the-wall computer repair shop. He never expected to be at the center of all the all this media attention. Uh, he's partially disabled. So, uh, I mean, beyond that, he's kind of overwhelmed by it. But and, and this is the story. Do you know the answer to this? Was he seeing... Because obviously at some point, something registered with him to contact the FBI. So I'm just curious, do we think that he was seeing some of these interesting materials through the course of him repairing it? Or it was after the 45 days when he said, oh, well, this guy's not picking it up, so I'm going to start noodling around in his computer. Uh, so again, from his account, seemingly, uh, the period elapsed. Uh, he actually then, I mean, when you're running a repair shop, you've got stuff there. You're going to figure out how to resell it used. So he takes a look at it. He browses through it. The normal response at that point is basically delete everything, uh, clear the hard drive, resell it on eBay. But he comes across stuff that he finds troubling. Uh, he, he, at some point through an intermediary, contacts the FBI. Now, just to actually set the timeline, this happened on, in April. The laptop was dropped off in April. Uh, by the time the FBI is contacted, it's September. So we've had more than 40 days go by, but he doesn't entirely know what to do with it because this is not quite normative. And yet it does happen when you're dealing with computer with the computer repair business. I've been due a long time ago. This is stuff I've encountered. Also, uh, something people just have problematic materials there. The question is just how problematic is the material and that's something we're uh, finding out. It's something we're going to find out a bit more of today and as the story unfolds. What in particular, if we know, did he see that caused him hmm, caused him to, to think, hmm, I should call the FBI? So uh, we've seen uh, some of the Hunter Biden photos that were printed in the New York Post. Um, they obviously are somewhat problematic. They contain seeming depictions, not just of uh, bong hits, but we're talking uh, more serious drug use. Um, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But this is not really the most exclusive period. Allegedly, pictures of underage girls on the laptop that would definitely trigger a response to uh, we need to call the authorities. And this so is, again, do, something do we that know. I mean, I've, I've heard the assertion that there are pictures of, of underage girls, and I want to ask you about that. But um, so is it just your belief that that was probably the reason he contacted the FBI or we know that for sure? Well, he's just talked about troubling material. So we don't know for sure. But uh, Giuliani mentioned the photos of underage uh, girls. That seems to be the center of the issue. Uh, again, the repairman hasn't uh, clarified this. He said that it's disturbing. And, but, and just to stay on that, because I was going to get to that in a minute anyway, uh, on the underage girls, do we happen to know, are these like, uh, 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 is it like um, underage porn that we're talking about? Or we're talking about pictures where Hunter would have been with the girls, or it was clear that he was the one taking the pictures as, a, as opposed to internet porn? So we don't know the pictures have not actually been released. Uh, newspaper, uh, New York Post obviously has not printed this for, again, very, very obvious reasons. They don't seem to have um, copies of it. Again, even handling material like that would be legally very problematic and exposes you to all sorts of legal risks. Um, so we don't actually know, but um, there has been a text mentioning seemingly inappropriate 
um, online behavior with an underage girl uh, by Hunter Biden. So uh, that potentially leads us to uh, conclude that yeah. it would be. I mean, if there are incriminating pictures with or of underage girls on that laptop, imagine the stupidity of Hunter to hand this laptop to someone else. I mean, that's kind of that's almost hard to fathom. It's not that hard to fathom. I mean, we're just coming off the Jeffrey Tubin um, incident. Uh, we're coming off the Anthony Weiner case, which is really rather similar to this one in a number of ways. Uh, we've got people behaving stupidly all the time. And again, I have uh, done some computer repair back in the day quite a while back. Uh, people will bring in uh, computers with all sorts of wildly inappropriate material on them without thinking twice about it. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, so we contacted the FBI and we're going to follow up on that in, in a second. But also around the same time, he contacts Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. So we don't have an exact timeline on when he uh, actually got in touch with Giuliani. This seems to have been later. Uh, there's an anonymous intermediary who um, dealt with the FBI beforehand. Uh, but Giuliani seemed to have gotten hold of it uh, closer this year, seemingly, but we don't have a fixed timeline. And I think you said this, we, we have confirmed or the owner acknowledges when it, politically he's to the right or he's a conservative or he's a Trump supporter. I mean, he at least, he does acknowledge that. Yeah, he's a conservative. But if you think about just in terms of the election, people have changed their minds. There had been a year for him to have changed his mind. So to set up, the, that was a pretty big gamble. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the idea this was a, a Russian setup is, is seems like a real long shot. But and I know that's you you pointed that out very well in in your piece. Uh, so and we'll get to that also. So uh, so anyway, so the FBI gets it. Um, uh, actually, I I read something that indicated that perhaps he contacted the FBI in September, but and then the FBI actually took possession of the laptop in yes. December. Yeah, so it's, uh, they made contact in September. The, the FBI uh, issued some subpoena and actually took the laptop in December. Okay, so how do we get from December, the FBI taking the laptop, Giuliani being contacted sometime around that same time, I think. Don't we think Giuliani was aware of it during that time too? Uh, again, we don't have an exact time on Giuliani. He's still kind of uh, feeding our material and breadcrumbs. And okay, so, so that, that's 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. or 11 months ago. Um, what's happened in those intervening 11 months and how come this story has just come to light now? So the FBI seemed to have just taken it and sat on it, uh, which is for all sorts of problematics. I mean, you have two possibilities here. One, there's actually no problematic material. The FBI reviews it and says, okay, sorry, we don't actually have anything to do with this. Uh, here's your laptop bag. Uh, two, there are pro there's problematic material. And at this point, it does not take a year to deal with something like this. So obviously people are suspicious, they're concerned, they're wondering why has the FBI been sitting on this for a year? And do we know whether one of the things the FBI was looking into was not just the underage girls, but the international dealings that are referenced in some of the emails? So that's a valid question and the FBI has been uh, quite mum on it. Uh, the only statement the FBI has issued on it in all this time is basically this is their way to statement. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but that's pretty much uh, their response uh, So to Senator Johnson. Okay. And what is it that caused it to come to light within the last week or so? So uh, Giuliani brought it forward. Uh, he brought it to the New York Post. New York Post uh, ran the story. The story immediately ran into social media censorship. And this is kind of where we are now. 
Mm-hmm. So, so it's pretty much confirmed that Giuliani turned over the materials to the New York Post. Um, why, why do you think the New York Post, by the way? Uh, that's an interesting question, but Giuliani is a New York guy. Obviously, he was the mayor of New York City at close ties to the New York Post. I was seemingly offered to Fox News, but Fox News was going back and forth on this. Uh, and there are very few other options. Nobody in the mainstream media even wants to report on it now. They certainly would not have wanted to run the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, makes sense. I mean, in, you know, one of my reactions, I know New York Post, you know, can, some people consider a bit of a rag, but I mean, bottom line, New York Post doesn't put something on the front page without vetting it to some extent. I mean, what they put out there is the contents of the laptop. So people can just kind of look at it themselves. There are pictures of Hunter Biden. Uh, there are texts and their emails. You can only vet that to some degree, but it's there. It is what it is. Uh, you hear about the fact that supposedly Hunter Biden's lawyer has written a letter to, I don't know whom, uh, requesting, the lap- requesting the laptop back. W- yes. When was that? Tell us about that letter. And when was that sent? Uh, So once the story actually went public, uh, a letter was sent from the lawyer asking for the return of the laptop and all materials. Uh, The legal basis at this point is pretty starting to have time passed, and um, the law is on the computer repair owner's side. Uh, Sorry, a lawyer for Hunter Biden sent a letter to whom? To the computer repair shop. But But it's now in the possession of the FBI. Uh, so seemingly, uh, the uh, laptop itself, the physical laptop, is in the possession of the FBI, but the contents of it were backed up. Otherwise, this entire process could not have even begun. So they material before handing it over to the FBI. Otherwise, it's quite likely none of this would have ever seen the light of day. Uh, because if you actually just go back a minute uh, to the Hillary Clinton era, the FBI actually destroyed devices uh, from the Clinton team um, after the interview. So that material was permanently lost. I suspect that would have happened here. And having computer repair shop uh, expertise, as you do, um, going back to you know the ownership issue, is there a, a kind of a standard agreement that you sign when you turn the thing in that you actually lose ownership of your laptop after a certain amount of time? I know if it's standard, but seemingly under Delaware law, this is what happened. Now, the complicated part would be whether the contents of the drive uh, <laughs> also actually pass possession and would uh, not run into copyright issues. I suspect legally that might be a uh, thornier issue. I'm not familiar with Delaware law, uh, but it's potentially uh, Hunter Biden could pursue a copyright case, but that would require admitting that the pictures are his. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to tick through uh, what we think are the most notable things that have been found so far. And uh, I helped prepare for this interview just by having a, cable news on this morning and of course flipping back and forth between fox news and cnn which hopefully we'll have time to get to that a bit just you know the situation we've got with the media these days i mean i couldn't find anything on cnn about it. it's just not being reported whatsoever I, I guess they used to report on it when they it was a this russian disinformation campaign you, you heard that reporting but but now you're not hearing any reporting on cnn and yet fox is it's the lead story every hour on fox I mean, that kind of reflects the extent to which the media is partisan, to which the media has a pretty blatantly straightforward agenda. Uh, Fox is obviously pro-Trump. The rest of the media is obviously pro-Biden. And they're bearing the story to an unprecedented degree. Uh, Now, this is part of what happened in 2016. Uh, The Democrats blamed their defeat in part on the media's willingness to report on Hillary's emails. 
um, and on social media's willingness to tolerate those stories. So they've spent four years preparing for this and uh, their plan A is to bury any such material, immediately disavow it, and then hide uh, it. So they've been doing that quite effectively. Uh, Twitter and Facebook have suppressed the reach of the uh, New York Post story on Hunter Biden. Uh, they've amped up the media claims that it's a disinformation, that it's unverified, and the media has very quickly buried it. The only thing they will report on is that it is unverified and that it is a Russian disinformation operation. Okay, so, and then the, the question is, okay, is there really anything of import there? Is this really just about a son that we already know he's got a, uh, a son who's who's had addiction issues and all kinds of, of other related problems and et cetera, or, or is this really reflect on the former vice president himself and candidate for for president. So let's let's tick through what I've found to be the most significant stuff that everybody's reporting, and then maybe I'm missing some things that you're aware of. So there's the Burisma. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Issue where it appears from an email going back to, I think, 15 or 16, it looks pretty much confirmed that, in fact, uh, in response to a request from his son, Biden met with a or, or multiple Burisma officials while he was vice president as a favor to the son who was serving on the board in response to the request from Burisma officials, despite the fact that Biden is on record probably multiple times being very clear never met with them, never even discussed Burisma with my son. I don't talk business with my son. Uh, that's a good summary. So uh, it is pretty clear that um, Biden used his influence in that regard, that there were meetings and you've got emails that are increasingly coming out from multiple sources now, uh, boasting about the ability to get uh, connections to the White House. None of this is really a surprise. Uh, it's just that uh, Biden and Democrats in the media have denied it. Uh, we've seen this before. Uh, the entire Biden family has been finding ways to cash in, and they're finding ways to cash in now. Uh, but it gets closer to what Biden specifically used his influence as vice president, because there's a big difference between just actually access and action. So uh, we've gone, we're going from access to action. The, the yeah. big catch is the action. Yeah, but I mean, even just simply having the meeting that he had, um, you know, absent acting inappropriately at the meeting, uh, improperly at the meeting. I don't think there's anything illegal um, about Biden meeting with him, even understanding that his son uh, is on the board. Um, really, the only issue that I see, and I'm curious your thoughts, is the fact that Biden denied it. So he's on record lying about it. So there are a lot of things you can do as a politician that are legal, but are still blatantly corrupt. Uh, part of this is really a public perception issue. Nobody seriously expects that um, Biden is going to that uh, Biden Senior is going to face legal issues in this regard. It's quite unlikely, uh, but it shows that um, he did abuse his power. That he, uh, I mean, in some ways, this is not really a new development. This is not really a new development. Um, sorry about that. Um, Joe Biden and the entire Biden family have found various ways to benefit uh, Biden's brother, 
Um, Biden's daughter, um, various um, extended members of his family have very much found ways to benefit from that access. And it's not necessarily illegal. A lot of the things that people in D.C. do that are blatantly corrupt are not illegal. Um, The denial, as you mentioned, is obviously a serious problem because he's on the campaign trail and he's lying about it. But he's also been caught lying about other things on the campaign trail. He's he's not actually going to ban fracking after uh, insisting earlier flat out that he's going to wipe wipe out fracking. What about um, sticking on the issue of legality? And I don't know if you would know the answer to this or not, but, you know, everybody can understand conflicts of interest. And I know there's got to be lots of rules and laws regarding conflicts of interest. The fact that Biden was working on the issue of this Ukrainian prosecutor, Mm -hmm. right, and proudly announced that he managed to get the guy uh, fired, uh, I I believe is is what happened, or or the guy resigned. Um, That's a clear conflict because the guy's investigating Burisma, his son Mm -hmm. is on the board, and Biden is working on behalf of the U.S. government regardless of the fact that apparently there was other governments that also wanted this guy removed. Bottom line, that's an obvious conflict. And that could be illegal, I would think. I mean, it's such an obvious conflict. There there must be conflict of interest laws that would require a politician to uh, step away from that situation. So a conflict of interest is an ethical issue, and D.C. is not that big on ethics. Uh, the legal question really would hinge on the question of coordination. Are there emails? Are there texts? Are there messages being ex- uh, exchanged between Biden, between his chief of staff, um, between Hunter Biden, between members of Hunter Biden's entourage, which actually arrange things? If they're that stupid, then they can actually have walked into territory that would uh, land them in prison. But it takes a lot of effort to prove something like that. Really, the question is, we're in the final uh, stretch of an election. The question is, uh, can uh, President Trump, can uh, his associates make the case that uh, Biden is corrupt using this new information? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and why was he lying about it? Now, he may continue to deny that the meeting took place. All you've got is an email where the guy's thanking <laughs> thanking Hunter for putting together the meeting. Um, that seems pretty, uh, uh, you know, pretty good evidence. But then again, it's... it's uh, uh, not firsthand evidence necessarily. So Biden can still deny it. I, I don't care what the guy wrote. I didn't meet with him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll take that approach. That's a question of what people are going to believe. The more the story continues, the more materials are coming out. And uh, Giuliani team is clearly intent on feeding things out step by step. The drip drip scandal process. Uh, the more this actually consumes airtime, the more the public actually develops suspicions about Biden. That's really the money shift. So then the next email you keep hearing about is uh, from 2017, which, of course, is important because that means Biden's no longer in office. And it's Hunter trying to put together a deal with a large Chinese corporation. Um, I, I think it's large. You, you could correct me on that. But bottom line, as a part of this deal, it looks like Joe Biden would get 10 percent equity in this new entity that they're creating. Um is that really that problematic? Why should people be so bothered by that email with Joe Biden no longer in office, possibly having an equity stake in a new business? Well, assuming that uh, it is referring to actually Joe Biden, which is an argument, um, which is a subject of debate, it is a huge problem because, first of all, every Chinese uh, business, particularly this one, has ties to the Communist Party. Uh, you don't do business in China without going through the Communist Party. Uh, the only reason for doing this kind of business with Joe Biden would be because he, you, they expect him to become the president of the United States. They expect him to continue um, 
holding a position. I mean, this is the same thing we had with the Clintons uh, back in the day in the Clinton Foundation. Uh, the amount of money being donated to the Clinton Foundation completely went off the cliff once Hillary Clinton lost the election. It was clear she was no longer going to be any kind of, in any kind of leadership position within the government. Meanwhile, a ton of money was pouring into the Clinton Foundation uh, before 2016. So people are actually getting on board with politicians for a very particular reason, because they expect these people to actually be able to do favors for them. Now, foreign country, frankly, one that is an enemy of the United States um, and personnel who are members of the Communist Party or members of the communist elite, uh, if they actually were giving Joe Biden a share in the state-owned company, uh, that would be hugely explosive. Mm -hmm. Do you think in 2017 that Biden was thinking that he was going to run for president? I, I kind of wonder whether he was thinking about that at that time or not. And maybe, maybe if he was truly thinking of it, well, maybe my theory is correct that he wasn't really thinking about it and hence those kind of deals were okay, and now they're not okay now that it turns out he's running for president. Well, uh, Biden very much wanted to run in 2016. The problem was Hillary Clinton. And we had the surreal spectacle of actually Obama doing an event with Biden in the Rose Garden where Joe Biden announced that he was not going to run. It was a very, very surreal scene, and it was very clearly an attempt by Obama to uh, calm Biden down and reassure him. Uh, the moment Hillary lost, Biden very much wanted to be back in there again. Uh, his people began uh, building up the infrastructure because uh, there's a reason that Biden actually won and burst through the Democrat primaries. Uh, he did begin building the machine fairly early. You had a bunch of these candidates who actually waited way too long, some waited ridiculously long amount of times. I uh, had people jumping in the middle of the primaries. Uh, Biden's people had been planning this for a while. Uh, he's got a team of people who are loyal to him. Uh, he reinforced him with some of Hillary's people, and he became the favorite candidate. Now, the favorite candidate doesn't always win. I mean, we can look back at Jeff Bush, who was the favorite candidate who had the machine, and he very much lost. Uh, Hillary Clinton, however, pulled it through in 2016, and Biden very predictably pulled it through in, 20, um, in 2020 again. What, what did you make of Obama being so slow in, to endorse Biden? Uh, it's pretty clear about that. Uh, Obama has spoken about it uh, confidentially. He doesn't think that Biden can go all the way. Uh, he doesn't think that Biden is actually good in the campaign trail. And, you know, he obviously has a point. If there were, if the, we weren't in the middle of a pandemic lockdown, uh, if the economy hadn't cratered, if we hadn't had massive race riots, Biden would not remotely be a contender. So back to that email, um, I don't think you know, assuming the 10% is, is intended, I think they call him the big guy and everybody's assuming that that's Joe Biden, um, but he's not CC'd on the email. So frankly, we don't really even know whether Biden was even aware that his son was cooking up this deal, A. B, whether the deal actually happened or not. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, so these are things, these are still question marks. These are big question marks. It's doubtful that Biden himself would have been CC'd on the email. Uh, people like his chief of staff, um, some of those who are close to him, who actually are key members of his potential transition team, would be potentially involved in something like that. If the investigation actually takes off, uh, then they start looking at their emails. 
Uh, but Joe Biden isn't the guy who's going to be uh, emailing details of deals back and forth. Um, but uh, if you actually have enough grounds for an investigation, you can actually start looking into these things. Mm-hmm. What did you make of the email, uh, which was a little confusing to me? I think it was from Hunter Biden to his daughter, but said something about giving half your salary to pop or, or, or something. Did that involve Joe Biden at all? Or, or you know the email I'm talking about? I know, I know the email again. It's kind of because they're not actually coming out and saying things. Uh, it's hard to know, but people are speculating that it does actually refer to Joe Biden because seemingly uh, who else could it refer to? But again, just like the mentioning the big guy, it's you're, you're guessing to some degree. Mm-hmm. But it would seem to indicate that Hunter has been sharing fees with his dad. That's strongly suggestive of that, which would not be surprising. And that actually would be illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think we got something illegal because presumably that would be that, wild, Yeah. Assuming it was taking place while he was uh, VP. Um, even, if it was on, even if he was out of office and it was unreported, that would still be wire fraud. It would be a whole bunch of things. Um, then I think this one just came out today. Um, a picture, or maybe it was yesterday, a picture with between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and some Kazakhstani mm-hmm. official or oligarch. Tell us about that picture. So again, you've got uh, the Biden family doing business in some of these shady areas and Hunter Biden very clearly trading on Joe Biden to get there. And again, you've got an actual picture now that's undeniable of Joe Biden meeting with uh, Hunter Biden's business partners in this case, in this case, Kazakh oligarchs, again, very corrupt country, um, used to be within the former Soviet sphere. And it's a place you want to go do business if you're doing something shady. It's it's just so ridiculous this this comment of Biden. I, I don't talk business with my son. I mean, if that was true, you're an idiot because he is your son, you're vice president of the United States, and you ought to be concerned about what business your son is up to. Yeah, I mean, this was all very well known. Uh Biden's denial is completely implausible. Uh Hunter Biden, Kerry's son, uh, were doing major deals around the world while their father was um while their fathers held cabinet positions and uh, in, uh, in Hunter Biden's case was the vice president of the United States. It's obviously ridiculous to think that these kids who were utterly incompetent, who produced absolutely nothing, were getting these ridiculous salaries and these ridiculous business opportunities because they were so talented on their own. The only reason they were getting in their foot in the door in China and Kazakhstan um, and any part of the former Soviet Union and the former Warsaw Pact areas uh, was because these uh, this is how business is done over there. And unfortunately, it's how business is done here. They've got oligarchies. We've got oligarchies. Yeah. And, you know, part of me wonders wh- whether this will become a bigger story after the election um, and that even Democrats may embrace the story, depending on which direction it goes. But ultimately, it could be a way for Kamala Harris to become our next president. Well, we're already looking at unprecedented corruption if Joe Biden wins. I mean, for example, you've got his son-in-law, Ron Klein, who was at the same time advising Biden on the coronavirus response and at the same time making private equity investments in uh, coronavirus companies. Uh, But this is just how the Biden family does business. Uh, Biden's brother uh, got multi-billion dollar contracts to build houses in Iraq. What was his experience building houses? None, zero. This is just how the Biden family does things. And uh, put Joe Biden at the top. Uh, Every single member of the Biden family, no matter how distantly related, is going to come in and is going to grab their own share. And 
how uncommon do you think this is? Because this sounds like kind of standard Washington type corruption that exists. I mean, we think roughly 20% of senators and congressmen and administration officials have family members doing these kind of deals? It's widespread, but there are kind of different levels of corruption. Uh, there are people who are actually clean and they're a minority. Uh, there are people who do favors and there are people who are just completely out of control. And when it comes to this kind of thing, the out of control category, the Clintons were in that category. They could absolutely not pass up a single dime. Um, Harry Reid was in that category, former Senate uh, Democrat majority leader. And Biden family is very much in that category. Um, these are people who absolutely will go for any opportunity, no matter how shady. Okay, uh, well, before I, I was going to then get back to some of the, the Hunter-related materials, because I, even though they're kind of salacious, I think still think they're relevant. Uh, but before I do that, am I missing any other important pieces of information that have been found that directly relate to, to Joe Biden? So stuff is still coming out. Uh, I think we're going to know a lot more tonight than we know right now. Uh, but I think that's a pretty good summary. So, um, all right. So back to Hunter then. Um, there's there's an email about a, a crack pipe and a 14-year-old. Um, and it seemed to me that it's his wife or ex-wife making this allegation. And it almost seemed to me that, oh, he's pointing this out. I think it was in an email to his father, uh, Joe, but um, that his wife was maybe just kind of blackmailing with, with this or, or bringing it to the attention of some marriage counselor or something. So it seems like this was his brother's wife, or rather his brother's widow. So as mentioned earlier, he was running the Bo Biden Foundation. Uh, Bo Biden was his brother. Uh, Bo Biden uh, died. Uh, for a while, Hunter Biden was romancing the widow. Um, and whether you see it as creepy or uh, moving, just kind of as a subjective. Uh, but this uh, discussion puts a whole other spin on it. So seemingly... Uh, he was behaving inappropriately with an underage girl. Some people have speculated that uh, this would actually be his niece. And it was so it was Bo Biden's widow who was making this allegation. Seemingly. Mm -hmm. um, and on blacked out. So we're kind of speculating. And, and, and how does crack pipe fit into all this? So we do one of the photos that the New York Post published that's made its rounds is seemingly Hunter Biden with a crack pipe. So this would seem to be a reference to um, problematic behavior by him. We know uh, he had a serious drug problem. It seems to have been even more serious than we thought. And it seems to, according to this, have led to inappropriate behavior with an underage girl. Uh -huh. And what is his current marital status? Uh, he's been sued for child support by a stripper in Arkansas who had his uh, baby, allegedly. Uh, but I think that's as close to marriage as he's gotten. But he has a grown daughter. Yes, and and that's from that, that was also out of wedlock. Then I guess uh, that's a previous marriage. Oh, previous marriage. Okay, so he has been married before. Had one yeah. kid. Then he has a fling with Bo's widow. Um, but that they're no longer together. Uh, they're not. Seemingly, uh -huh. this casts light on why they might not have been together. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I guess he lives in Delaware, hence why it was dropped off in Delaware. Oh, the Biden family is based out of Delaware. Uh, it seems like uh, uh, Hunter Biden has had places in different parts of the country. Uh, but at that point, uh, it seems like he would have been in Delaware. Certainly the Bo Biden Foundation is registered in Delaware. 
Okay, let's get to a little bit of a couple, a couple of things you're covering in in the article. Well, your article it seemed to me was was a lot about the allegation that this is uh, you know Russian propaganda and di- Russian disinformation, and you do a great job of discrediting that. At this point, I'm not sure we need to talk too much more about that because no one seems to be asserting that anymore. But I, I don't know if you want to put a kind of dot the i and cross the t on that one. So Representative Adam Schiff did insist that it was Russian disinformation. We had a letter from uh, 15 national security professionals, most of whom were Obama administration veterans, uh, claiming there was that it had the earmarks of Russian disinformation, which is not the same thing as saying that it is Russian disinformation. Um, anyway, the uh, director of national intelligence, uh, Radcliffe, came forward to say that they were not investigating this as Russian disinformation. Uh, the media was claiming that they had a congressional source who was telling them the FBI was investigating it. The FBI has denied that they're investigating it as Russian disinformation. So the story isn't going anywhere, but at the same time, the media will kind of keep up the Russian disinformation thing anyway. The uh, Twitter blocked this story from the New York Post. And am I correct that they also blocked the entire account of the New York Post? New York Post couldn't post anything on Twitter? Both Facebook and Twitter took measures. Uh, Facebook throttled the reach of the story. Twitter went very aggressive. Uh, They actually suspended accounts. Um, They blocked people from tweeting, including New York Post. Um, For that matter, they hit a lot of uh, high-profile people, including administration people. So they've been very aggressive in trying to censor the story. They can't actually explain why they're censoring the story. They've gone from one excuse to another excuse. But yes, the New York Post, which is a major newspaper, is locked out of its Twitter account because it refuses to delete links to the story. So as we speak, that's the current state that uh, the New York Post is locked out of its Twitter account. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, last time I checked. So, uh, and has Twitter come forward yet with an explanation as to why? Uh, they've had four or five explanations. Um, they, their final explanation was that it's in violation of their hacked materials policy. The problem is that they have hacked materials um, being deployed, especially by the media all the time. The media has had no problems with uh, using hacked materials. They've done it on a regular basis. And now suddenly Twitter decided that it's inappropriate. This is a very last minute decision. And apparently the only time it's inappropriate is when Joe Biden is affected by it. Mm-hmm. What about Google slash YouTube? Have they, as far as we know, I mean, sometimes what they do is very hidden, so you don't know what they're doing, but do we know if they're doing any throttling? So Google and YouTube, uh, Google hasn't made an official announcement in the same way. Uh, They tend to, like Facebook, uh, throttle, uh, limit access, uh, shadow ban, people use different terms for it. Uh, They do it more inconspicuously. And really, Twitter's more overt um, attack uh, gave the story legs, it gave it more publicity, whereas Facebook's more covert approach uh, was far more effective in limiting the reach of the story. Mm-hmm. So I, do you follow much? I mean, in fact, I think it just came up. There already, I forget who was suggesting an amendment to this law, but it's this um, law that gives some indemnity to the social media companies for, I assume, defamation. So it protects them against defamation claims because merely because somebody posts something on their site, which 
First of all, am I right about that? So there was something uh, during the Clinton administration that was passed called the Communications Decency Act or CDA. Uh, this was an attempt to actually remove pornography and decent material from the internet. Uh, obviously, it never actually really functioned as far as the law went. It was struck down pretty quickly. Uh, but Section 230 of this, and we're talking really huge bills, the Section 230 of it was kept alive, and Section 230 was snuck in by special interests, which is what they do. There's a bill. There's a big bill. Um, it's thousands of pages. You don't actually look through it. And somewhere in there is something that's buried that is going to have a huge impact for a particular industry. That's the case with Section 230, which basically said that um, just because uh, a major platform will run it, it doesn't actually mean anything. They have protection in this regard, um, as long as they're not the ones actually publishing it themselves. And uh, mm -hmm. all these things are kind of subject to some debate. So a lot of the uh, opposition to these uh, big, really huge um, big tech monopolies has focused on removing Section 230 protections, especially as these um, so-called platforms start making editorial decisions and really fun function more uh, like media outlets rather than just providing a platform for people to use. Good. Th thanks for that explanation. So, yeah, let's talk about that just a bit. In my personal view, I love 230. Um, I, I, I think that they should have protection against claims for defamation so on because I think they should just be platforms things go up there. If somebody posts something that's defamatory, you can go after the person who posted and said the defamatory thing. And that allows the ultimate freedom of speech. However, if they're going to start selectively editing, as you state, then that does change the game. But and, and it's and I guess it's why Facebook, you know, they should not be editing. They should be enjoying the privileges of this Section 230 exemption that allows them to have anything be up there and not face liability. And that, that made it nice and easy for them. Sit back, let people put stuff up there and don't worry about censoring or editing it. But they're really stepping into it now by doing that. And, and that probably should be an exception to 230. So, you know, yeah, you have uh, indemnity unless you start editing and then you lose the indemnity. So part of it is that the internet in 1998 or even 2008 looked very different than it does now. Uh, you had a whole large variety of companies and you had a lot of free speech and you had this kind of healthy, uh, vigorous climate. There were multiple search engines and multiple sites and multiple forums. Uh, increasingly, everything is solidified around about a dozen companies, some whose names you know, like Amazon, Facebook, Google, um, and some uh, whose names you don't necessarily know. Uh, but these companies essentially control the internet. They control access to it. They control what you see. Google, for example, controls about 88% of search traffic in the United States. Facebook controls about 80% of social media. These are effectively functionally monopolies. So the game changed very much. Um, these provisions were meant to really protect um, a kind of open internet, but the internet is not open anymore. It's very much closed. It's very much under control of a small number of companies who are gatekeepers. Uh, we can cut people off. Now, in 2016, as I mentioned before, the media and the Democrats largely blamed their loss on the freedom uh, uh, for people to just discuss things on Facebook. Uh, and they've been pressuring very hard uh, for there to be censorship. So basically, you have both Republicans and Democrats pressuring um, companies like Facebook. Democrats want more censorship. Republicans want less censorship. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg is kind of playing both sides. He's trying to give both sides what they want, which, of course, is impossible, because if you have one group of people saying we need you to censor more and we have another group of people saying we need you to censor less, 
how do you split that difference? Yeah. And, you know, if this 230 does get amended to take away indemnity, I, you know, I don't like that because it's just going to cause these companies to edit even more because they're going to have additional reason now that, hey, we've got fear of liability. So we got to be very cautious and they're going to have tons of editors. And we know that most of those editors are going to lean left. So 90% of the stuff edited out is going to be material uh, that's, you know, conservative. Yeah. That's correct. I completely agree with that. Some conservatives have embraced the whole Section 230 position. I think it's dangerous uh, for the reason you mentioned, and also because if you actually start having a fairness doctrine for the internet with some sort of government body regulating it, that's going to push it obviously much, much further to the left. Uh, Again, I think what's really needed is to turn back the clock on the internet, at least to some degree, break up some of these big monopolies that just have way too much power. Because if you have a company that controls 80 percent, 80% of what people see, then everybody's going to be trying to use it for political gain. If you have companies that have 10, 12, 18%, they're not targets in the same way. It's going to more democratize. It's a more open internet. If you have this kind of consolidation of power, everybody's going to want to control it. Yeah, well, we saw the first case on that, right? Google got sued yesterday for antitrust violations, um, essentially because of what you just stated, right? That Because they've got 88% of the searches? Yeah, that is, uh, this has been a long time coming. It should have happened quite a while back. Uh, the scale of Google as a monopoly is incredible. You have multiple state attorney generals. You have the Justice Department all suing Google. And this is really something that should have happened back in the Clinton administration. Uh, when Google became this kind of monopoly, it's been uh, sitting for too long with no action taken. And this is really important because uh, the internet really flows through two means. People find things through either search or through social media. This is how people, among other things, get their news. So people are either using Google or using Facebook to find out what's going on. Uh, take down both of those monopolies, break them up into smaller companies, and we have a more open internet. We have one that's less um, explosive, less violent, uh, less about power grabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. On the one hand, the internet, it, it's hard to think that a monopoly could even exist in the days of the internet now because we do have at our fingertips access to so much, right? So that kind of argues against there being monopoly. But if your access to things starts by going th- searching for things, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And all those searches are going through Google. Then I guess that's a problem. When people actually are out to find out something, what do they do? Well, let me Google it. That kind of says it all. And people will cite uh, alternative, what they call alternative search engines like DuckDuckGo. Uh, but those are just you really using the Google index. They're just scraping Google for the most part. So you're just getting Google's results, but with an, an, with an anonymous overlay, which is good for privacy, but doesn't solve the fundamental problem. There are really only two major search engines, Google and Bing. Both of those are owned by big tech companies, and Bing has a fraction of the market share. So it's not healthy for a country when the marketplace of ideas is controlled by a handful of companies. Uh, how do you evaluate Amazon on that scale? Amazon effectively is eating up retail. It's eating up retail on a massive level. Uh, And what it's really doing, because increasingly what you see um, on Amazon is third-party sellers. So 
A majority of actual products uh, on Amazon are going to third-party sellers. A majority of Amazon third-party sellers are China-based sellers. So really what Amazon has become is a fulfillment platform for Chinese sellers moving products in the United States. Many of these products are counterfeit. Um, there's very little action from Amazon about that. I mean, we all shopped at Amazon. We've all gotten products that don't look right. Uh, counterfeiting is a huge issue. That's one of the things that Congress has held hearings about, but it needs major action because at this point, American retail is being wiped out. What's replacing it is basically a front page for Alibaba. Yeah. Well, it's that, and it's also Amazon making products itself now. So it sees all the data. It knows what's making money and what's not. So it goes into those, you know, it knocks off products that are doing well on its site and puts them under the Amazon brand, probably makes them in China. Yes, so of course. That's pretty anti-competitive. Yes. And, and then the last thing I say about Amazon is the banning of books. Talk about censorship. I mean, there's a, I'm aware of a few books that have been banned from Amazon, and, and it's absolutely for absurd reasons that they're politically correct reasons. And when you actually buy an ebook from Amazon, you put it on your Kindle, and this is an incredible form of censorship, Amazon can decide to retroactively remove the book from your Kindle, which means you don't actually own the books you buy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I probably need to let you go, but it, but there was a quote I do have to ask you about that was in your your article about this Hunter Biden thing, and and I never read this quote, and I want you to give it some context for me. This quote from Putin about the Democratic Party. This this is a real quote. Do you know what I'm talking? I'm going to read it, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So so it says the Democratic Party in America is traditionally closer to the so-called liberal values, closer to social democratic ideas. And it was from the social democratic environment that the Communist Party evolved. Uh, this can be seen as an ideological basis for developing context with the democratic representative. So what, what was the context in which he made this the, these comments and, and what, what do you make of it? So he was doing an interview with a domestic outlet and domestic outlets in Russia are straight up regime propaganda. And it's pretty clear that uh, contrary to what the media in this country is saying, Putin is actually seemingly preparing for a Biden victory and preparing to um, make some sort of uh, arrangement with Biden. Uh, notably, actually, uh, when it came to the START Treaty, uh, the Trump administration was holding out for a one-year extension with an end to Russian nuclear development, while Biden was prepared to give them a five-year extension with um, no preconditions whatsoever. So uh, as far as the Russians are concerned, Biden would be a pretty good deal. Thank you again to Daniel Greenfield for his great reporting on this. You can go to his personal website. You can also go to front page to see his work. Also, if you're watching the debate tonight, we hope that this gives you good background information to see if this is addressed in the debate. Hopefully the moderator is going to be bringing this issue up. And now you've got great background information to assess what the candidates have to say about this. Thank you to our producer, Michael Parker. Thank you to our intern, Jake Wall. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Hidden Truth Show. Thank you for listening to The Hidden Truth Show with Jim Breslow. You can find us at hiddentruthshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hidden Truth Show. Join us again next week for another episode of Hidden Truth Show with Jim Breslow. Lucky. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 